How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studio with another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Uh, today is Tuesday, uh, April 24th, 2018. And today is the day that some of these NBA teams are about to be sent home and their playoff season's going to be ended. But before we get to that, let's talk about what happened last night, man, with the Jazz putting it on the Thunder. And, you know, that was a game that was back and forth there for a while. Then once Westberg picked up that fourth foul, the Jazz just went on a huge run and it got out of control. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, even though this kid's a rookie, he had, 33 points last night even though it was on 13 for 28 shooting so not great shooting percentage but I mean he has four assists seven rebounds and a plus 22 plus minus I mean this kid just kind of looked like he took the game over I mean he was getting everything done for them he was drawing fouls, doing everything. I mean, Ricky Rubio did enough to bother Westbrook and get Westbrook those four fouls in the first half. And, I mean, the Thunder man just looked frustrated. I mean, every single time, every five minutes, there was a little mix-up, and the Thunder looked like they were trying to fight somebody or getting some sort of fight, pick some fight with somebody. And, you know, this was a game that really Utah dominated after the first quarter. They outscored them 34-22 in the second quarter. Then after that, they outscored them in every quarter and tied them in the fourth. But they already outscored them by 10 in the other two quarters so I mean it's pretty much over I mean Joe Ingles was absolutely lights out last night five for 11 from three and it seemed like every single time he came down court he's hitting a three and getting in Paul George's head the Jazz were in their head and they ran them out the gym and that's what you want to see by Utah and I think that this means the big three in OKC has to be over I mean this team clearly didn't get it done. I mean, this it's over for them. They they might win one game at home and make this go six game series, but the Jazz are clearly the better team in this series, and the Thunder just don't have it like the Jazz do. The Jazz shot a better percentage from them from the field, better percentage for three. I mean, the Jazz did everything better than them last night, and they frustrated them. I just think that the combination of Westbrook, Anthony, and George doesn't work. I think that the Thunder should try more of a, a system like the Rockets have, where they have Westbrook and one other star player rather than three other star players. I just think Mello doesn't work. I think this bench isn't deep enough either. I mean, Patterson and Grant are good. Uh, Corey Brewer's okay, but they put him in the starting lineup. I just think they need more depth off the bench, and that's what's bothering them so much. I mean, Raymond Felton's pretty old. I don't really think he's much use for them at all off the bench. I mean, I really like Steven Adams, as y'all already know. But, I mean, Paul George fit well here. I really think he did. He figured out how to play with Westbrook. He got his three-point numbers up. He played amazing defense. I think he's a guy who doesn't like being the number one option, but I think overall that he's going to head out to – LA, which will lead to breaking this team up. I just think they weren't successful enough with him on there. And, you know, Sam Presti's a great GM. He brought six all-stars to OKC and five of them being potential Hall of Famers, but he's got no championship to show for it. And he only got to one championship with them. I mean, he's done a great job bringing players in, but he just can't seem to find the right players to fit the system and to fit what the Thunder need. Now, I really do think this is going to lead to them getting rid of Paul George. I think their best move they could maybe make is a sign-in trade and acquire a guy like Julius Randle or something like that from the Lakers get at least a little bit of value for him but 
this team has to get broken up. I just think it's tough for Westbrook to play with others. Like everyone said, he doesn't play well with others. But, I mean, Westbrook's the kind of guy who's going to go out there and give you all his energy. And, like, last night, for example, he tried to do too much. Rubio got in his head, and he got out of control, got those four fouls. I mean, Westbrook only knows one speed out of control. And sometimes when he plays out of control, it works out. But, like, last night it didn't work out. I mean, Russ, I'm not saying that you need to fix the way you play or anything because I feel like that's what drives you and that's what motivates you. And I really like Russell Westbrook. I think he's a guy who cares a lot, puts in a lot of effort. He plays with a chip on his shoulder, which is what you love to see out of a guy. You know, he really wants to get it done for y'all. But it's just quite frankly, they just couldn't get it done last night. And I think it's the end of the air. I just feel like PG is definitely going to leave. I don't think he's going to stick around for this team. And I think they got to get rid of Melo. I mean, Melo was a good player. He never got in the right system. And I don't think he's in the right system once again. So, I mean, the big moves once again is for the Thunder. I bet there'll be a huge roster switch up. But I really think the Rockets made their roster the best of any team, unless you can get really four all-stars where if you're putting anybody on the floor, it doesn't matter. Like the Warriors, they make that that fifth guy on the floor better automatically because you're going to be on there with four or three all-stars and honestly, Iguodala, who used to be an all-star. But... I just think that they need to build a team like Houston has where you have two ball dominant players and then you got a guy like Capella. They already have Steven Adams right there and then they just need to fill in with a bunch of good role players like Eric Gordon's and the Lou Williams and the Joe Johnson's and the Gerald Green's of the league. I just think they need some players like that, maybe in a nay or something like I don't know. They just need they need pieces. They need to make this get more depth to this team and they need a player that they know can work besides Russell Westbrook. Now we haven't really figured out what kind of player can work beside Russell Westbrook, but honestly I'm extremely disappointed in the Thunder. I'm disappointed for the fans. I mean, y'all get all these excellent players, great talent in, and you can just never do anything with it. So I think it's back to the drawing board for the Thunder, but... Moving along from there, I mean, Houston struggled mightily in this first half. This was a game that stayed close, and the uh, Timberwolves looked like they could definitely make a series of this and play with them. I mean, Minnesota's a team that was third in the West when that they had everybody healthy. So, I mean, Minnesota's obviously a really good team, but James Harden said he'd had enough of it, and he went ignorant in the third quarter with, tw- I think it was 22 points in the third quarter. They outscored them 50-20, to 20, and that's where they put the game completely away. I mean, they got outscored in the fourth quarter, but none of it mattered anymore. Harden started the game out awful, and then he came out and pulled away. And I think, if anything, this game means more to the Rockets than anything and to James Harden because it proves how much that he's the MVP of the league. I mean, Harden played awful in the first half, and he, even though he had 28 the game before that, he was 9 for 21 shooting, which is not very good. He went through a stretch where he was 13 for 48 shooting, and the Rockets really struggled over that stretch. And if you look at them now, when Harden got back on track, they absolutely annihilated them. So I definitely think that means even more because you can't say, oh, his team's so much better than LeBron's because, I mean, his team struggled when he was playing awful yesterday he absolutely went off and his team balled out I mean 50 points in a quarter is crazy that was the Rockets way of saying we're this much better than y'all y'all can't play with us it's over in a 3-1 series lead is a lot bigger than a 2-2 series lead. I mean, 2-2 series lead is very much up for grabs. That 3-1 series lead basically means it's over. And I mean, I think Houston's going to knock them out in five. And going back to what I said off these uh, series leads at 3-1, three, uh, I mean, that was a huge game for Philly, like I've been saying. And Philly, I think, will close out Miami tonight. I just think Philadelphia is the better team. Hassan Whiteside is next to worthless. I don't know what happened there. I think that Miami needs to trade him because they clearly don't use him. So... Whiteside's going to be out of there, and that'll open up some cap space for Miami. But, I mean, it's Philly's time to close out and get this win. I don't see any way they don't win tonight. So I'm looking for big things for Philadelphia, and I think that they're going to pull away and they're going to pull this out. But Golden State will also win tonight, I think, and close out San Antonio. I don't think that game will be close. I think that Miami might be able to put up a decent fight just because Dwayne Wade is Dwayne Wade, and he's going to do Dwayne Wade things tonight and try to make the series close. But 
Overall, I think the night the game to watch tonight is Milwaukee-Boston, and that's because that's a 2-2 series right there, and this is a pivotal game right here. Milwaukee has to win one on the road. I mean, I still like Milwaukee if the series goes seven, but though I just really am a big believer in Milwaukee needs to win this game. They need to win next game. I mean, I would love to see Giannis do something right here to prove to me that he can be the best player in the league. I mean, it's time, Giannis. We've been waiting for decent for about two years now. We've thought that you have the ability to be the best player in the league, and it's time to take a step towards getting there and it's, you need to win this road game tonight. I mean, I think if Giannis wins this game, it's a huge step forward for him to take over as the best player in the league. I mean, obviously he's got to do more than just win this game, but like, it's just like young LeBron. When LeBron had that 48 point or 38 point against the Pist- game against the Pistons where he scored all their points to close the game out, basically, that was LeBron's way of taking a step and saying, I can actually be the best player in the league. And I know Giannis knows he can. I know he's done stuff to show that he can before, but it's Giannis's time to go out there and show that he can be the best player in the league. And you know what? I'm a firm believer Giannis will tonight. Expect big things from Giannis. Expect them to absolutely ball out and him to put on for his team. I mean, he's the guy who said that he would vote himself for MVP this year. So Giannis is ready to prove it. I expect big things tonight from him. I'm excited to watch this game. This is my what to watch for tonight. So my hot take for tonight is Milwaukee wins. Giannis scores 34 plus and he gets seven rebounds and seven assists. So I think he's going to absolutely ball out and I'm looking for the Bucks to win tonight. That is tonight's hot take, so be watching out for that. But let's move on here. And real quick before that I talk about the NFL draft, I just want to say this. I know all the Falcons fans saw that uh, Julio Jones deleted all his pictures from his Instagram and – I don't think it's anything to worry about. I actually saw an interview this morning of Julio Jones on an Alabama barbershop, a kind of sports like talk TV show. And basically on the TV show, Julio said that too many people let Instagram and social media define who they are and that he doesn't need that to define who he is as a man. And people need to remember that social media doesn't define them as a person. So I think this is more so Julio's way of saying that Instagram and Twitter don't uh, define me as a person and that I'm going to ball out regardless. Now, people were thinking he was unhappy in Atlanta. I really don't think it is. I mean, I kind of overreacted a little bit. I was like, what's going on here? But I don't think anybody has anything to worry about. And I think it's just Julio's way of saying, screw social media. I'm about to ball out this season and make up for having an off season last year. And I think Julio is definitely going to do that. But we'll move on from that towards the NFL draft. And and so before I get to my uh, NFC West analogy and what I think will go on there in the draft, I just want to talk about a little story that's been surfacing, and that is Baker Mayfield being drafted number one overall. And I just don't simply think it'll happen. I'm like I've been telling y'all, I think Sam Darnold is going number one overall in this draft, and I think it's what will happen. So I don't. I know they said Josh Allen's out for sure. I mean, I agree with that. I think it's only Sam Darnold that's going at number one, and I would be shocked if anyone else went number one. Like I've been telling y'all, I mean, my sources have all been saying Darnold. Everything from the pro day and all that stuff have been saying Darnold. So I don't see any way Sam Darnold doesn't go at number one. And if I were y'all, I wouldn't believe any of those other reports. Darnold is going number one for sure. So be on the lookout for that. So let's move on now or the NFC West. And we're going to talk about what each team did here, just like we did yesterday. So first we'll start with the Seahawks So the Seahawks. They brought in a player from each team. Actually in the division, they got Jerron Brown wide receiver from the Cardinals. They got cornerback Dante Johnson from the 49ers. They got safety Maurice Alexander from the Rams. They also brought in interior defender, Tom Johnson, and they re-signed or used a second round tenure on Deion Jordan to leave him back out there on the edge. So, I mean, Jordan had a good career out there and we all, know that he was a top pick by the Dolphins but didn't really pan out so that's a good job by them bringing him in and giving him another shot 
They also signed none other, other than the Polish cannon himself, Sebastian Janikowski. So quality picked up pick up right there by them. But I mean, they also made lots of other moves, signing uh, Mike Davis, and they signed DJ Flunker. I mean, they signed Marcus Smith, Tom Johnson. Uh, they they signed Austin, Austin Davis to come in and be one of their backup quarterbacks after releasing Trevon Boykin. But their moves that they made to get rid of players, I mean, we know all know they released uh, Jeremy Lane. They have released Richard Sherman. They traded Michael Bennett for Marcus Johnson in that uh, fifth-round pick, I believe it was. And they also released Trevon Boykin, like I just said. And that was pretty much it. I mean, they cleaned house with Lane, Sherman, and Bennett, which was big for them to get rid of guys who kind of make problems and cause problems for them in the locker room. I think that was huge for them to get rid of those players. But in the draft, I mean, just like we say, I mean, they lost Paul Richardson as well, so they need a wide receiver. I mean, that's obviously what Seattle's always needed is another wide receiver to throw in there, and I think that's what they should go out and use their first-round pick on. I mean, they have holes on the defense. They still have Earl Thomas, and they still have Cam Chancellor. So, I mean, they still have those guys. They can plug some uh, rookie corners in. I also wouldn't be opposed to seeing them go after a corner. But, though, I definitely think wide receiver is what you got to do. That or running back, they just have too many holes in those spots. I mean, Sony Michelle would be an excellent fit. Christian Kirk, uh, Cortland Sutton, any of those guys I think would all fit well there for them. So, they pick at number 18. So, I mean, there's tons of guys who could still on the board, even Garius Geis. I mean, I think he'd be a great pickup for them. But they need another offensive weapon to give Russell Wilson because we all know what he can do or maybe even offensive linemen. So lots of things they can do, but I think they have to go on the offensive side of the ball here. But that's it for Seattle. Next, we got San Francisco picking at number nine. And first off, San Francisco signed uh, Jeff Locke. He's a punter to a one-year deal. Richard Sherman to a three-year deal. Uh, Corey Toomer, linebacker, uh, guard Jonathan Cooper, edge Jerry Tauchi, also known as Jeremiah Tauchi from Georgia Tech, running back Jarek McKinnon, and center Weston Richburg. Also really like the McKinnon pickup. I think he's going to be a great scat back, like how New England uses them. They're just going to plug him in for him here. But they had a couple key losses. They lost Leon Hall to the Raiders, Logan Paulson to the Falcons, uh, Tank Cardine to the Raiders, Brandon Fusco to the Falcons, Aaron Lynch to the Bears, and Carlos Hyde to the Browns. So, I mean, those are some decent losses right there for them. But they did the big thing and re-signed Jimmy G to that huge, fat five-year deal that made him the highest-paid player in the league there for a little while. So, Big moves by the 49ers, but I think the 49ers need to go defensive here. I mean, Reuben Foster is probably going to get suspended, so I think they need to look at a guy like Rokon Smith would be a great pickup for them right there. I think he can do a lot of big things for them. They should also look into edge like Marcus Davenport, but I really do think Roquan is going to be on the board here and he's going to be the best pick for them. I just feel like Roquan does so many great things, and he could make a lot up for them at defense, so... Look for them to take Roquan Smith. I think that's by far their best pick, and I think that's what they need to do there. Next up, we have the Arizona Cardinals picking at 15th. And there's significant moves where they released Adrian Peterson. They released Tyron Matthew. Uh, they ended up signing C.J. Goodwin. I mean, they signed uh, the fat contract to Sam Bradford, which I thought was really stupid. They signed Marcus Williams, Benson Moya, Bo Sandl- uh, Sandland. I mean, not too many big moves besides that Bradford contract, which was awful, terrible contract by them. But the Cardinals are going to trade up and take a quarterback. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. The Cardinals know they need a quarterback. They kind of have a win-now team, and 
I think they're definitely going to go win now, and they're going to trade up high and try to go get themselves a good quarterback, maybe a guy like Baker Mayfield, maybe even take Lamar Jackson and chill at that spot. I mean, there's lots of things they can do with this pick and with what they got, but I think in the end the Cardinals will trade up, go win now, try to take them a quarterback to pair with David Johnson coming back from injury and an old Larry Fitzgerald. This is a powerful offense with Carson Palmer in it who retired, so they're going to need that quarterback, and they will trade up to get him. So next up, we got the Rams, and this is a team without a first-round pick because they traded it in order to acquire more assets. Now, they uh, didn't make that many moves. They released Kayvon Webster. Uh, they let Sammy Watkins walk. They signed Sam Shields. They traded Alec Ogletree to New York for a couple more draft picks. Um, they re-signed Malcolm Brown. They re-signed Sam Ficken, but they made the two huge trades for the corners, and that's with Tlaib and Marcus Peters, so they have the two best intercepting cornerbacks in the league, and I think this is a Rams team that's pretty much complete. They don't need that first-round pick. I mean, they've built this team long enough, and I think they're ready to finally go out and win a championship. They also traded Robert Quinn to the Dolphins, so I mean, they definitely made some moves to clear up cap, but I think they did what they had to do, and this team's set up to win a lot of games down the road, so I think the Rams will be the best team in the uh, conference, and I think they'll end up winning the division, and I think they'll end up winning the NFC as well. I don't think they'll actually make it to the Super Bowl, though, but I think they'll be the best regular season team so watch out for tons of big things from the Rams I don't like I said I don't think it matters what happens for them in the draft I think they have the best team right now so I picked the Rams to win the this uh NFC West and okay guys so now let's talk about the NFC North here and let's start with the Lions so the Lions free agents they brought in was LeGarrette Blunt great pickup there at running back same thing with Christian Jones at linebacker um they signed to Sean Shedd uh guard Kenny Wiggins uh Sylvester Williams a D tackle at linebacker also uh uh, Jonathan Freeney and Devon Kennard. They signed Levine Toilolo at tight end, center uh, Wesley Johnson, and tight end Luke Wilson. Um, they also managed to keep around a lot of their big players, but they ended up losing Eric uh, Ebron. They let him go. Haloti Nada, Brandon Copeland, Don Carey, and Darren Falls. So, I mean, they that was pretty much the beef of what they lost. I mean, losing Whitehead and... Uh, and uh, Nada was huge. Obviously, Ebron did a pretty good job for them as well last year. But if I'm the Lions, man, you got to look at your team as a whole. And I think you need to go out there. And they really need to get some defense. And I think they need to go with a pass rusher. A guy like Marcus Davenport or Boston College's Larry Harold, I think, will both be on the board right there. And, you know, I think they would both fit really well there for them and give them a great edge rusher. I could also see them possibly going for a defensive tackle. I mean, Marcus Hurst will still be on the board. But, I mean, I hope the Falcons get him, so I hope they don't pick him. But I think they need to go D-line or either in the middle or on the outside for a pass rusher. So if you're on the Lions, that's what you got to do. you got to place one in there with Ziggy Ansah if you're going to franchise tag him and lose a Lodi Nada. So you got to replace and get something back. So definitely the best move right there for the Lions. Up next, we'll look at the Packers, who we all know had a wild offseason. We all know that they uh, ended up cutting Jordy Nelson, which was obviously a big loss, but they went out and got Tremont Williams at corner. They uh, got tight end Jimmy Graham, defensive line Muhammad Wilkerson. They got Deshaun Kaiser. Um, they, they cried in that trade where they sent out Demarius Randall. They re-signed a good bit of their players. Um 
they ended up losing Ahmad Brooks, Morgan Burnett, Quentin Dial, Jerry Evans, uh, their long snapper, and Devon House. Also, Jeff Janis wins signed with Cleveland. Richard Rodgers is out and tackle John Ehrlich. But looking at the Packers, I mean, they have to go defense. I think they need to get themselves a secondary player. I think a guy like Josh Jackson is who they should target in the draft. I think he'd do a very good job for them at corner. Um, I mean, there's some other needs they need on defense, but I really think Jackson will be there on the board, and I think that he is probably the second best corner in this draft. So, I mean, if I'm if I'm the Packers, you got to go out there and get him. So I think he's their best fit for fit uh, draft pick, and that's what they got to do. Now let's look at the Vikings, and obviously they made a huge splash by shining uh, Sheldon Richardson and also sh- signing uh, Kirk Cousins. I actually met Kirk Cousins not too long ago. Um, they lost Case Keenum to the Broncos. They lost Teddy Bridgewater to the Jets. They lost uh, Sam Bradford to the Cardinals. They uh, lost Jarek McKinnon to the 49ers. So, I mean, just going down the list, they lost a decent amount of players. I mean, they went out and signed Mac Brown. Lost uh, Jeremiah Cyrilis to uh, the Panthers. They got, got Kai Forbath. I mean, they made a decent amount of moves here overall as the Vikings. But if I'm looking at the Vikings during this draft, but I think they need to go out and help Kirk Cousins. So by helping Kirk Cousins, I mean, they need to go out there and probably get the best offensive lineman in the draft. I mean, another option for them, too, would be to get another corner to, because Terrence and Newman's about to turn 40 in September. So, I mean, Newman's pretty old. So if I'm if I'm the Vikings, you got to go out and make one of the two moves, either protect your quarterback or get you another corner. Probably protect your quarterback, though. But I think the Vikings are know what they're doing. I think they're going to be in good shape. This is also who I'm picking to win this division next season. So look out for that. But we got the last team in the division, and that is the Chicago Bears. So we all know the biggest move the Bears made by signing Allen Robinson. I mean, they also brought in Benny Cunningham. They uh, brought in, they re-signed John Jenkins. I mean, this was a team that had a pretty good defense a year ago. They really did an excellent job, though, by bringing in Allen Robinson to put him with Mitch Trubisky. I love that signing. I also love how they went out and got Taylor Gabriel from the Falcons. I mean, yeah, it sucked losing him, but it is what it is. They uh, did a good job of bringing back a good bit of their defensive players as well. They added uh, Aaron Lynch from San Francisco as a nice little edge rusher. So, I mean, those are all high-quality moves by the Bears. They didn't really lose any key players from this team. Man, they have the eighth overall draft pick, so I think they're going to use that to get Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame, or they can use it to bolster their defense with getting a guy like Mika Fitzpatrick or Derwin James back there in the secondary. So they can either get one of those two, whoever, which one of them's on the board, or they can bolster the O-line. I think both would be very solid moves. And, you know, the Bears are a team with a lot of potential, man. I think they could do some stuff. I mean, the Packers are going to be good. The Lions are good. This is going to be a pretty competitive division next year. But all in all, I still think Minnesota is the best team in this division. I think they'll prevail. Once again, guys, big thanks to Pat, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Uh, we got lots of good stuff for coming for y'all again this week. Tomorrow, I promise all of my NBA analyst, Jeremy Kuhn, back in the studio with me. So lots of good takes for coming for y'all, and y'all listen to that. I got him on the the rats. The home and I ran with the dinosaurs. Every week, I change my clouds. Got a fin that's throwing my house. Got a building garage in my house. Got to wash up my wrist cause a house. My bitch can't keep in my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the paps. Keep an army, bitch, my lap.